So this morning we're continuing the third part of our series called um, Born for This. And uh, our message this morning is on discovering your purpose. And this is really fundamental because um, there was a quote here by Dr. Miles Monroe. He said that the greatest tragedy of life is not death, but a life without a purpose. And the reason why a life without a purpose is more of a tragedy than death itself is because ignorance of purpose makes abuse, misuse, and waste inevitable. You, you cannot decide whether you're going to abuse or misuse or waste something. It's not even within the realm of our options if you are ignorant of the purpose. You will definitely cause abuse, misuse, and waste without knowledge of purpose. Amen? And the word of God tells us that God created the heavens and the earth, and he created mankind. And the fact that he created means that there was intent to his creation, and with intent comes purpose. No one creates without intentionally doing so. And no one does intentionally do so without having a purpose. And God created mankind with a specific purpose in mind. And this morning we're going to touch on the specific purpose of your life and also the general purpose of your life. Now for many of us, when we were around grade 8, grade 7, we saw the introduction of evolutionary theories being brought in, the evolution, take note, I call it a theory because it is still a theory. It is not a fact. And what happened is the evolutionary principle has its beginning with a big bang. Right? Because if there is no God, somehow all this order and design and beauty has to come out of something. And the theory presumes that there was nothing, and then nothing exploded, and then it became everything with order, with love, with mathematics, with seasons, with beauty, with music. Surely not. And I said in the previous service that we are not anti-science. The father of science, Isaac Newton, he is the one that said that the reason why they could develop the scientific method, and the scientific method, how many, how many people are here and you're a scientist or you studied science or something like that? One. Only four. There we go. Only five scientists in the... Please reach out to the scientists. Right? The scientific method, which requires a first a thesis, you make a, an assumption, and then you start to prove it based on observation and testing. That scientific method is only possible because we've got an organized universe. You can expect that tomorrow the sun will rise, and we can calculate exactly the time because of the predictability of the universe. 
it is not as random as an explosion. Amen? We can predict the weather 10 years from now because of the predictability and the order within the universe. Amen? So God, the word of God tells us that God created mankind and that creation had a purpose behind it. And it might be so that many people believe the grounds of evolution. You cannot believe in evolution without concluding that we are only particles of matter. And there is no meaning. There is no meaningfulness and value in just particles and matter. How many of you know that even for those who are atheists, who believe in the naturalistic framework, that believe that out of nothing, something suddenly exploded and now we are all here, they celebrate birthdays. They send cards on Valentine's Day. They have this experience of value. They have this experience of meaning. But when they zoom out and they look at the universe, they say, it's all meaningless. Why? Because it's just stones and particles that happen to come together at the right time. And then out of the primordial soup came a single-celled organism. And that organism somehow had to determine whether they were going to grow gills or lungs. And they grew gills so that they could be under the water. And then the lungs came and somehow with brains and or without. And then they managed to come out of the water, survive a little bit and go back until they evolved in the next level of reproduction with who I don't know. And then they managed to then develop into the next species and evolved into the next species and into the next. And then it became a crocodile and then the crocodile grew wings and that. then it became a bird and the bird became a orangutan with five fingers and those five fingers like the koala bear then became us. And we are here with sophisticated language lying to people. No, 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 no. One of the proofs of evolution that they claim is the fossil record. What about the fossil record? That means the, the, the imprint of certain animals that lived in the past, right? That is found in the uh, geological layering of the earth. You will notice that nowhere in the fossil record is a half species. An in-between species moving from a fish to a frog or a, a monkey there's no in-betweens. And according to the scientific method, if it's fact, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be observable. And you ask him, okay, can I observe evolution? Yes, yes. Where? A billion years ago. If it's a billion years ago, if it's a million years ago, no one can observe it. It's a theory. The problem with the theory is the implication that you have no meaning. You are only a beast trying his best to be sophisticated and moral and righteous and good. But there is no reason to be so. There is no right or wrong. If someone doesn't believe in God, and yet they believe that it's wrong to murder them. Why? It's the law of the jungle. Survival of the fittest. 
If I kill you, don't complain. You are just too weak. But the creator introduces accountability. If he created, that means that his creation is accountable to him. And that's what the man who doesn't believe in God is running away from. Because if he says, yes, there is a God, this is his world, then I am accountable. The beauty of that accountability is that God created us with a purpose, with a design, so that we may fully experience the best of what he has for us. How many of you, you've got a cell phone with you? Right? This cell phone here has a specific purpose. It was designed in order to be able to facilitate communication, right? But many, many, sometimes, they forfeit reading the manual. And then they fail to discover that you can actually, you can actually send messages and you don't only have to use the handset on this device. Now why don't we apply that same kind of logic to life? Why do we not also go and search after knowledge concerning our purpose in order to avoid abuse, Misuse and waste. Give us the next one there. Ecclesiastes chapter 1. It is a book by, by Solomon, the son of David. And this, the framework here, or the context, is a man that is theorizing or philosophizing about life in the naturalistic framework. In the point of view where God is on the side, let me experience life and find reason. That you are not created. That there is no purpose behind your life. It is just a, a cosmic accident that brought life about. Everything will be meaningless. And you will see the theme and the, and the, the, the anthem of our generation. Because of this is suicide. Suicide. Why? Because you have no meaning. Why? Because you're a cosmic accident. Why? There is no creator that intended you to be. You are just a happenstance of the right kind of particles and the right kind of atoms and the right kind of conditions and you are just an evolved beast. What happens beyond the grave? Nothing. It's all meaningless and vain. And therefore, suicide. And you might think, yeah, but I'm not suicidal. I enjoy my life. I'm doing things that, the way that I please. But if you look at society, man is on an agenda to exterminate itself. Lack of purpose. God is a purposeful God. Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ unto good works with God has before ordained that we should walk in them. I'm saying one thing about Christians. Christians are environmentalists. An environmentalist is someone that believes <laughs> that we should take care of the environment. Why? 
We'll come to the scripture that says how God created the earth and the purpose that he attributed to mankind in relation to that. It is so key that you realize that Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is not just a religion of trying to do good and be good. Christianity is a revelation of what is true. That is why it doesn't only have relevance for church. It has relevance for every part of your life. And God's intention is that you live with your eyes wide open concerning what is true. That is why it is not something for old people. When they now get tired of of fooling around and enjoying life, now they come to religion. No. This is something for every aspect of life. Because it is a revelation of what is true. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Give us the next slide. So mankind has two purposes. First, you have a general purpose and you have a special purpose. Your general purpose is because of the fact that generally speaking, we are all the same species. How many of you know everyone here in this room is is a human being? If you are not, the ushers need to help us. Right? We are all human beings and that gives us a generic purpose as people as human beings. But then you have a special purpose because of the uniqueness of your design. Have you heard of the term DNA? Or deoxyribonucleic acid? Right? It is the code for your design. It is the blueprint for why your nose should look like it does. Look at your neighbor's nose. You will notice that their nose is very different from yours. They are unique. Take the palm of your hand of your neighbor. Look on their hand. Look at the lines. Look at the stripes. Look at the design. Every single human being has a unique fingerprint that has never existed before. And will never ever exist before. And if you are a twin here saying, no, my twin brother or my twin sister, no. Even as a twin, you have uniqueness distinguishing you from your twin brother or sister. This will play into your special purpose. But the first purpose that you have is the general purpose. This is your general purpose. One, to love God. And love God is not religious love God. You know how people can be religious love God? I came to church. I love God like that. No. Loving God is a factor of your relationship with God. It will play into every area of your life because of your interaction with God being relevant every day, seven days a week, for 365 days a year. Loving God and Him loving you. The next general purpose is loving people. The whole thing is relational. The reason why God created mankind is an extension of the relationship bliss that is taking place between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are able to participate or be partakers of the divine nature. 
the divine nature. And the divine nature is very close to love and relationship. Hallelujah. All right? So your general purpose, look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. It says, and God said, let us make man in our own image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. If you do a comparison now upon the earth, which species is in dominion? Mankind, surely. Mankind is the one that is busy fishing. Mankind is the one setting up parks for the other animals. Mankind is the one that is using the rats for research. Without their their choice. Mankind is the one choosing uh, pets. I want this one. Right? Mankind is certainly in dominion. It is designed that way. It's not because we are the most evolved beast among them all. No. It is because God made us in his likeness and in his image. That's why I say that Christians are environmentalists. You can't be a believer and just mess the whole earth up. That is why some Christians have this idea when they see the world as it is, they say, where is God? Where is God? Oh, where is God? Mark. Where is man? Where is the steward? Where is the manager that I put in charge of the planet? It would be like your boss living in charge is going to Swakop because of the Easter weekend. He's going to Swakop and then when he comes back, the place is a mess. And you say, boss, where were you? (laughs) Sign here and get out. Right? How can you ask me, boss, where were you? I left you in charge. And the earth, the world is the way that it is. Because it's man is in charge. And there will come a day when God is going to do the accounting, right? He's going to say, okay, come and give an account. This and that and that. And everyone must give an account. Right? The evolutionist doesn't want that because he doesn't want to pitch on the accounting day. <laughs> but the audit will be done. Amen? And the next verse says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, him, male and female. Now there's some confusion going around globally. Global confusion. Global confusion about whether there are two genders. Whether there are two genders. Now granted, there are always anomalies because of sin that entered in with Adam. He ruined the genetic code. Right? So there are always anomalies. But we don't normalize the anomalies. If there's something wrong with your fridge, right? And it's not operating the way it's supposed to. What do you do? Do you say, no, my son, this is now another kind of fridge. (laughs) Just continue using it as it is. We don't normalize it. We go straight back to game. (laughs) Say, please, can you Exchange. Why? It's, it's how it was designed to operate. Why do we not apply the same kind of logic to humanity? That if something is deviating from the design, we go back to the designer. Amen? 
I remember speaking about uh, abortion, was it last year? We were talking about abortion. And uh, we were talking about the fact that there were some people who would have been aborted if their parents didn't keep them because the situation was so bad. Either the mother was violated or the child was going to be born uh, mongoloid or deformed or anything. And the word of God says you don't abort that child. And who are the kind of people, do you remember that, that picture with the celebrities? Who are the kind of people that would have been aborted? Celine Dion. Some of you would not have been married today. <laughs> if abortion had its day, you were my husband. <laughs> Who's the other one? Justin Bieber. Yeah. Who's the other one? Israel Houghton. John, uh, Pope John Paul II. Right? Who else? Carrie Job. There's so many, right? That it, it would have been Steve Jobs. Yeah, really. It would have just been Android all day. <laughs> every day. But I'm not saying that iPhone people are abortionists. <laughs> just saying. And so it's important that you realize that God has an intent. He has a purpose. It doesn't matter what kind of situation brought about that child. Do not hurt them. Give God a chance. Amen. That message is on the podcast. And so it's important for you to realize God designed it male and female. If he designed it any other way, it wouldn't have worked. Just from a biological point of view, male and male cannot have offspring. Okay? That's a different discussion. But, yeah, the church is here to help. Amen. So God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moves upon it. Do you see? So your general purpose, church, is not just to focus on me and mine. There's an, there's an obligation and a responsibility for the whole planet. Tell the person next to you, you are responsible for what's happening around the world. What are you going to do about it? And then look at them, give them that look like, (laughs) we are waiting some solutions. Okay? Ecclesiastes 12 verse 13. This is the same book we read earlier about meaningless, meaningless, vanity, vanity, right? At the conclusion, at the end of the book, he says this. This is like, okay, after considering everything, this is what I conclude. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Your whole purpose and fulfillment, like John Piper would say, is to love God and enjoy him forever. To glorify God and enjoy him forever. Amen. First Thessalonians, we're still busy with general purpose, right? So every single one of us, we've got a general purpose. One, we've been given the earth. The heavens and the highest heavens is the Lord, but the earth is given to the sons of men. Two, he's given us a responsibility to be in relationship with God and be in relationship with one another. Now, three, especially if you're a believer, First Thessalonians 4 verse 10. It says, and in fact, you do love all God's family throughout Macedonia. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to the Thessalonian church. 
Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business. Because some believers, they want to help others. So they need the information. (laughs) Mind your own business and work with your hands. This work with your hands, it relates also for those of us who are not motor mechanics. Right? Or farmers. Because some of us are like, no, but my career is a thinking career. But even the, even the thinking career has to write and type and handle. Right? You can't sit at home saying, I've got a thinking career. Somebody needs to come and pay me for all this thinking that I'm doing here at home. Right? You put it to work. You actively work with your hands, just as we told you. So that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders, unbelievers, and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. General purpose, right? This one, before you were trying to ask me, oh, pastor, uh, please, can you help me? Do I need to be an astronaut? Or do I need to be a a nuclear physicist? Or do I need to be a stay-at-home mom? Or do I need to be this? Before you get to all of that consideration, have you fulfilled the general purpose? Right? Are you in a relationship with God? How's your relationship with people? Right? How are you doing? The general purpose tends you and leads you into the specific purpose. Otherwise, you will be a hateful, God-hating, people-hating astronaut. <laughs> God-hating, people-hating baker. God-hating, people-hating accountant. God hating people, hating bouncer or whatever your job is. Okay? And it ruins the whole design. You cannot say, oh, God has called me for this career, but you neglect everything else. You don't take care of your family. You don't work with your hands. Yeah? And there are some of us, no, that at work, we're supposed to be working, and then... You know, here and there, take time to just check how the Facebook is doing. And then it's like, oh, this brother needs encouragement. Greetings in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I just want to encourage you by the grace of God. Psalm 22 verse 5. That is not what you are supposed to do at that time. Please, Christian. The way that you minister and fulfill your purpose at work is excellence. Excellence brings such administration to the world. They will say, who is this young man? Who is this young lady? Right? And let your light so shine before men so that they will glorify and worship your Father in heaven. Amen? Please, let us not be of those who are... Yeah. Yeah. Matthew 22. Verse 36, it says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So therefore, the fulfillment of your life, right? This requirement here is not for righteousness before God and so that I can appear right. Okay, Lord, you see, I'm loving you. I'm loving my neighbor and therefore accept me. No, it is the kind of heart that we've received in Christ. The fulfillment of what Christ has done in us 
has the result of love. Amen? It says the aim of the commandment is love. Amen? So general purpose, general purpose, first purpose, love. Relationship with God, relationship with people. All right. Give us the next one. So be the church. Don't just come to church. Be the church. Whether you are astronaut, whether you are baker, whether you are uh, um, a hairdresser, <laughs> whether you are stay-at-home mom, because no stay-at-home dads, please. Stay-at-home dad, please go back to the other scripture. Work with your hands, please. Huh? Stay-at-home dad, work with your hands. Work from home, whatever it is. And if you don't have a job, find something to do. Yeah? Volunteer, but do something with your time. Amen? And if you're in transition, no problem. But there are some people. Amen? They are not taking care of their families. And the word of God says, he who does not take care of his family has, has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Work with your hands. And God is able to make grace abound to you and bring you opportunities and all. But not there while you are watching your way far. Amen? Or Premier League or the latest soccer. Okay, give us there the next slide. Special purpose. Because this is the question most, most people have like, okay, what is my purpose? What's the career I should choose? You know, especially in high school or at university, which course should I study, right? Your, your, your first special purpose is to worship God. Now, worshiping God is not just what Mark them were doing here. Oh, my hope is in you. Your name. And then on Monday, you are as hateful as the devil. Or you are busy with your Facebook things. Right? Your special purpose relates to how you live your life starting tomorrow. Worshipping God in the way that you live your life, in the way that you love your family, in the way that you raise your children, in the way that you are friendly to your neighbor, in the way that you are patient with the taxi driver. Amen? Your whole life needs to be a reflection of what Christ is doing in you. It is glorious to God. And then the next one is serve people. Serve people. How many human beings on the planet at the moment? Seven billion. If you de de design a device or something that is useful to all the human beings on the planet that only costs one dollar, you will be an instant billionaire. But what people are doing is they are trying to get the billions, hoard the billions, without serving. Amen? Look at their neighbor and say, you've got something to give. Because sometimes we've got this idea, Lord, I've got nothing. Like Whitney Houston said, I have nothing. You know, nothing. If you can sing like that, you've got something. Right? I'm going to tell you, Lord, I have nothing. No, you need to begin to appreciate and stand in the word and be in the word and you will begin to learn what you have received. Acres of Diamonds, there's a story told about a man that sold his farm in the USA. Sold his farm during the time of the gold rush in order to go and get gold because he wanted to make his fortune. Right? Sold the farm, bought a, a, a horse or a donkey, got the equipment, went down to the river, you know, straining, straining sand in order to get gold. He got a few. And four years later, 
He picked up a newspaper that had a, a, a front page story about a man that bought an undervalued farm and found oil. The brother had an immediate heart attack and died. On his farm was the oil. But he went (laughs) spending his life searching elsewhere for what God had put inside him. And for you parents, it's important for you not to compare your child with that other that other brother's child. Oh, can't you just be like, you know? Huh? Can't you just be like, like Paulus? Can't, can't, please. There's something in your child. And don't compare siblings. Can't you be like your older sister? Because you, uh, you'll never amount to something. There's something in every single one of them. Amen. And it's important, it's only those who understand purpose, who understand design, that are able to get to that conclusion and begin to nurture their child into the place where God has called them to be. Do you understand? And your child needs to have a strong sense of value. Like I said, we are on a tangent to suicide. Why? What's the use of life? What's the meaning of life? But even for those who have a strong sense of purpose and meaning, going through the valley and the shadows is only a passing time. It's only a lesson that I need to learn for when I come into the place that God has called me for. It gives you tons more endurance when you have a sense of purpose. But when you are just doing it for the sake of doing it. Year one, year two, year three. Quit. Give us an extra. The other version of Ephesians 10 says, For we are his masterpiece. Some of you, you don't feel like a masterpiece. Look at your neighbor. That's a masterpiece there. It's a masterpiece. If you you are an evolutionist, you should not have high self-esteem. But if you are a Christian, you should have high self-esteem. They must almost think, why is this guy so proud and full of himself? Why? Why? Because you know what you have. You don't need the whole world to follow you on the social media platforms in order for you to have a sense of value and contribution. I spoke to my maker. And my maker has told me who I am. And I'm going to live by that. Amen? Many people are people pleasers. They are trying to please the whole world and they end up being a cheap copy. Cheap copy of an original instead of being an expensive, valuable original. Amen? But remember your general purpose because some people want to be so original, they follow the devil. I'm too original to be a Christian. (laughs) Give us the next slide there. Dr. Miles Monroe said, the graveyard is the richest place on the surface of the earth because there you will see books that were not published, ideas that were not harnessed, songs that were not sung, drama pieces that were never acted, inventions that were never invented. It's all sitting in the graveyard. It's called intellectual capital. And if you know that, you will understand that many people that are saying, I have nothing... Nothing, nothing. Those people are not looking into the word of God and seeing themselves through it. 
Isaiah 6 verse 8, it says, Then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. And God is looking, the word of God says, The eye of the Lord is going to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking on whose behalf they may be strong. Looking who they can back up and support. You do not lack any, any support from the Lord. What you lack is revelation of the truth. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. Now your special purpose and discovering your special purpose after you are fulfilling your general purpose and you're part of church and you're making disciples and you're involved with what God has called you in general. The way that you begin to lean into your special purpose is this. Romans 12 verse 1 and 2. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Not just songs, but the way that you give up your life, live your life during the week is the worship. And then it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What does the word transform mean? Yeah, it means to change. But it doesn't just mean to change like, yesterday I was a a bad guy, now I'm a good guy. It means to metamorphose. Biology, right? What is metamorphosis? Which animal? The butterfly. Some that didn't like biology. Okay, so the butterfly starts off as a worm and metamorphoses and changes states into a butterfly. Now, many believers, they are just worms. By God's grace, I'm just here. (laughs) And they are all happy to just be worming through life. While the design was not for you to stay a worm. It's for you to metamorphose into the butterfly that flies and soars. The other ones are looking, that must be a wonderful, amazing other species. He he can even fly. Not realizing that the butterfly is inside him. But what, what what causes that change? Be transformed by what? Renewing of your mind. That means if you think worm thoughts, then the worm will remain. Till retirement. A retired worm. It's important that you realize that inside of you is destiny. By design. And as you begin to renew, this is why you cannot miss being in the word and being taught the word and all. Why? You are delaying your transformation. And say, Lord, I'm waiting for that day when you will finally come out of heaven and move me from here to there. It's not going to happen. What happens is you get into the word. You begin to renew your mind. And then you begin to make decisions consistent with the will of God. Because this is what it says. Then you will be able to test and approve. What is test and approve? What's a normal, simple, layman's term for test and approve? experience. Then you will be able to experience what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So what do you need to do to experience God's will? Renew your, by the word of God. Give us the next one there. We're landing. 
Next one. Ah. So, you've got a general purpose. And you've got a special purpose. And many of you, you, you may be in a place where you're thinking, am I doing what God has called me to do? But, you have neglected the general things. First, Get the general things sorted. I mean, I'm preaching to the choir. You're in church. You're here. You probably love your neighbor. You're probably in relationship with God. Sort that out. Once you have that, it is a factor of your engagement with God and with people that will begin to beat a certain passion in your heart. Whether you might find yourself in a crisis because crisis has the ability to bring leadership out. Pressure has the ability to begin to strain you from your comfort zone to leadership. When no one is doing anything about this thing that bothers you so much. And you are the one that God is impressing on your heart. You are the one that God has equipped and enabled. And then pressure comes and eventually you begin to move into what God has for you. But you have to be planted in the house of God. You have to be planted in the word of God. You have to be planted in the relationship with God. You have to be planted in relationship with believers. Out of that you begin to discover, but this is my ability. This is what God has put in me. This is my gifting. That consuming thought that continuously, continuously comes in my heart. It's actually God beginning to lead me into a place where I'm worshipping him with my gifting and my ability. And even the times when I don't have this gift, I begin to Take off the instrument and begin to say that if no one is going to do it, God's going to use me. Amen. I look at Mark today. Mark, when he started playing musical instruments, he couldn't even sing. The guy that was singing here, Mark, just stand quickly. Praise, praise God. Uh, turn around there so that they can. Right? Mark couldn't even sing. He couldn't play guitar. Mark started playing drums for a worship leader that every time you make a mistake, they just give you the look. You know the look? <laughs> the discouraging look. And Mark just continued. After that, he picked up the guitar. And after that, the piano. And after that, now he's leading worship. And now he's growing into the prophetic. And then he married the pastor. And, and <laughs> God is taking Mark from the warm face. <laughs> into the butterfly and he's not done yet because Mark is planted. Hey God, I know that you've done much but you're not done with me. Amen. It goes gloriously. The path of the righteous is like the rising of the noonday sun. It goes brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. It doesn't matter. Sometimes you say, no, but I come from an inferior family. Those of us from this family, we don't study much. We are, we are considered as not being good at maths. We are considered as not being good speakers. We are considered as not being good leaders. We are considered as always being angry. We are not good emotionally. But God is able to use one of you and be Begin to break the mold of the lie of the enemy of a generation and begin to say that with you it's going to be different. You get in the word, you renew your mind, you begin to change and change and change until you glorify me with who you are. Amen.